Welcome to Keep the Republic with Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News. Keep the Republic is brought to you by the Political Action Committee, Conservatives of. And now, here's Daniel. Well, hello and welcome to Keep the Republic. My name is Daniel Bobinski. Thank you for tuning in. This is the show where we talk about things about what's going on in Idaho, and we want to inform people about what's going on and encourage people to get involved in their government and how things operate. That's the way this republic was set up, and that's what we want to encourage people to do is to be involved. Uh, many of you may know that I am the editor of True Idaho News, and I'm also uh, the host of the Keep the Republic TV show which you can see every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, just go to brighteon.tv. It's a live stream, live show. That's B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N dot TV. And you can watch for a whole hour, more Keep the Republic kind of thing, uh, right there on brighteon.tv. Well, you know, we have a lot of stuff going on in our state, and uh, there's been polls coming out and news coming out that we need to talk about. And I wanted to bring into the studio my podcast partner, because one of the things that I've started at True Idaho News is a weekly podcast. And uh, it just so happened that I met this gentleman a couple months back, and I really think that uh, we has, he's got a lot of insights, and I wanted to help ask him to help me uh, bring news to the people in Idaho. And I want to welcome to the studio Josh Gibbons. Josh Welcome to the studio. Hey, thanks for having me, Daniel. It is great to have, be sitting across the desk from you. Normally, when we record the podcast, we're doing it over a computer connection. So it's kind of great to see you face-to-face here across the desk. And by the way, you are not just a podcast co-host. You have your own several businesses. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so I have uh, two businesses and a podcast. Uh, my first business is called Spire Visuals. We're a video production company that specializes in social media marketing. Uh, my other company is called Statecraft Consulting, where we are a political consulting firm. And really the purpose for that company is, is to find and help people who are looking to run for office, um, who maybe this is their first time and they need a little bit of help. So they've got the message they want to get out to the people. They just need a little bit of help delivering it to them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not just people on their first time, but you might, right. might help anybody, right? Absolutely. So it's Spire Visuals, and that's so you help people create videos that way? Yeah. And then you said Statecraft Consulting? Yep, you got it. Yeah, a lot of times those two companies, you know, they they coincide and they intertwine, you know. <laughs> sure. So. Well, if somebody is interested in running for office, because this is the primary season and you, you still can declare for an office, how would somebody get a hold of you? Yeah, I can be reached either at my phone number 208-994-2063 or my email josh at spire, S-P-I-R-E, visuals.com. So 208-994-2063. And Josh, you said you also do a podcast in addition to the one that you do with me. Yeah, I have a podcast. It's called What's Happening Idaho. It's uh, with me and my co-host, Kirsten Lucas. And we do a weekly show as well. And we put those out Monday, 7 a.m. Awesome. All major podcast sites. Awesome. And uh, I should tell people that the uh, podcast for True Idaho News is available on uh, Spotify and we also put it out on Rumble and BitChute, which are video platforms that are kind of like YouTube. 
Uh, the reason we don't put it on YouTube, by the way, is we speak truth, and <laughs> YouTube doesn't like that for some reason. Uh, so we put stuff on Rumble and BitChute. You can go to the True Idaho News pages on those sites where you can hear the podcast. And if you uh, want, you can go to trueidahonews.com and subscribe because we also create a little article each week about the podcast and we put that up on True Idaho News. So if you subscribe, which is totally free to do, each week you're going to get an email with the links to all the stories we put out that week. And one of those links will be the podcast link. So if you like what you hear on this radio show, you can also hear what Josh and I are talking about each week on the podcast. Just just subscribe by going to trueidahonews.com and subscribing there. Well, Josh, we got a lot of stuff in front of us here uh, that has to do with the state of Idaho. One of the things is a poll that came out. The uh, website Idaho Dispatch uh, commissioned a poll on what was going to happen with the governor's race, what's happening with the governor's race. We have, obviously, Brad Little, who has not announced that he's going to be running for re-election. But my understanding is he has about a million dollars already donated to him. Uh, I should point out and underscore from big business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that should tell you something. And then we have a list of uh, challengers before us. Uh, we have Janice McGeehan. She's the current lieutenant governor. We have Ammon Bundy, uh, we have Ed Humphreys, Steve Bradshaw, and Cody Isabel. So here's you know five people who are have decided and they've filed that they are challenging Brad Little for the governorship. Uh, did you see that poll? I did. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's an interesting thing to get a look at. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of polls come out, but a lot of times it's by candidates, and you know, unfortunately, a lot of times we get stuck in our own echo chamber. Um, so seeing this poll that's independent uh, was nice to see. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of surprising to me because I think maybe perhaps uh, I hang around in circles and I hear people talking and I'm thinking, okay, well, we've got kind of what I call the big three challengers because you're looking at uh, who's carrying more of the social media weight, as it were. Who do we see mentioned a lot on social media platforms? And we so we see Janice McGeehan and Ammon Bundy and Ed Humphreys. And so you think they might be doing better in the polls than what they are. But right now, according to this poll, uh, 58% of Idahoans are saying if, it would, if the vote was today, they'd be voting for Brad Little. That's a little disconcerting to me. What about you? Yeah, you know, it does give a lot of insight into where a lot of Idahoans are. Now, a couple things that's important with this is, is they did only poll 575 voters. Of that, 25% were not Republican. Now, there is a big social media push within the Democratic Party to switch to the Republican Party. And they've, this isn't new. They've been doing it for years. Um, for instance, I've made phone calls for candidates, and it was registered Republicans. And you get them on the phone, and they're not so happy because turns out they're actually Democrats. And it's like, well, if you stop switching over, <laughs> you won't get calls from us. But, you know, this did look at 25% who were not Republicans. Well, let me interrupt you there. That is... Uh, actually, a very important point that you just made. Uh, you have overt efforts being made. A former um, president of Boise State, Bob Crustra, is out there encouraging Democrats to switch their registration for the primary to register as Republicans. Because in Idaho, it's, it's closed primaries. You can only vote for Republican candidates 
if you are registered as a Republican. I found this out, you know, 20 years ago. I was very upset with what happened in the Republican Party with George W. Bush after they got elected in 2000. I thought, okay, now they're going to make a lot of changes. They said they've always wanted to make. It's been 40 years since the Republicans had the presidency, the Senate, and the House. And I thought, oh, great. Now they're going to accomplish all of their their objectives that they said they wanted to do. And then like a few seconds later, I thought, oh, gosh, what if they don't? Well, it turns out they didn't. And then we had the Patriot Act pushed through. Well, the Patriot Act does not, it's, it's not patriotic at all. It really takes away our rights. And I was very disgruntled with what the Republicans were doing. And so I switched party affiliation. I became an independent. Well, then I went to go vote in the primary, and they would not give me a Republican ballot because it's a closed primary. So I couldn't vote Republican. So I had to switch my party affiliation back to Republican, even though in my brain, in my heart, I'm going, no, I'm really not siding with what you guys are standing for as a, as a national party, what you're doing, but I'm going to register anyways so I can vote in the primary. So right now we've got Bob Kustra, we've got lots of folks out there saying, hey, Democrats, switch your party affiliation and make sure you vote for Brad Little to keep him in office. And that's, I think when you say, you know, 75% of the people who were polled were Republicans, I think we're going to see at least 25% of the people voting being switchovers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, another important thing with this as well to take into consideration is, is, you know, these are people who show up consistently for the primaries. What we really need here is we need to get the Trump Republicans who showed up for Trump. And they showed up in large numbers compared to who shows up for the primaries. We need to get them to the primaries to vote because we do have America first Christian candidates, but they're not showing up for them. They showed up for Trump. So we need to get them to come to the polls because this is the primaries really where we're making the decision on who's going to lead the state. I mean, these are the people who are key decision makers in what if we go into a lockdown these are the key people who are making decisions on if we go into lockdowns or what laws are being applied to us. So we need somebody who's going to be able to stand strong, push back against the federal government, and also a strong legislature to push back against our governor if he does not stand strong. Mm-hmm. Yes, which unfortunately uh, we have people, and I'll just I'm just going to say it. I mean, we have people like Scott Bedke, who's the Speaker of the House who also seems to be beholden to IACI the same way the governor is. And IACI is the Idaho Association of Commerce and Industry. And those people are big business. Mm-hmm. You, you don't see like the Boise Co-op represented in IACI. This is the big corporations, the international corporations that have a, a presence in Idaho. These are the folks that are funding what's happening in the Senate, in the, in the executive branch, and even, you know, like I said, in the, uh, the leadership of the House. Interesting, when the special session happened this past August, uh, you had special bills coming up, right, to try to protect Idahoans. The lobbyists from IACI and all the IACI companies came and they testified only to the Senate, they didn't waste their time in the House because they knew that there was they were, they were not going to get anywhere. But the Senate only has 35 people. And all you need is 17 or 18 people, 18 people on your side there. And now you've got Senate blocking stuff. So they were testifying to the Senate, which takes us to the need for conservative Christian candidates to run for office. Right now, we'd only have a couple of really strong conservatives in the Senate. 
people who follow the Constitution. We have too many senators who are beholden to IACI and what they're trying to do out there. What are your thoughts on that? You're absolutely correct. And, you know, look at it this way, too. We have four conservatives that are switching over to the Senate. That is their intention at this point. Now, you have to go back to the pre-K funding bill, right? Pre-K funding sounds great on paper. Explain pre-K funding. So what the bill would have done was it would have brought millions of dollars into Idaho to fund pre-K. Unfortunately, what it would have done is it would have done it through a company I can't remember the name of the company. Oh, right that now. was that was the bill that was the Idaho Association for Young Children Education or something like that. That's yeah. that's, that's the name of the group. Okay. Yeah. And with that, it sounds great on paper, right? Funding pre-K. The problem with that bill was, though, is that it had recommended books. Uh, one of those recommended books was, you know, racism is a white person's problem, those sort of things. So it brought a lot of critical race theory into Idaho. So these were things that a lot of conservatives were trying to push back on, right? Because we all know that we're all created equal and we should be treated that way. You have to remember in the House, that was only killed by one vote. So right now we're looking at losing four representatives from the House to the Senate. Now, now why this is a huge problem is, is because if we lose the House and we don't gain the Senate, we're going to have it to where everything is just swept through. Mm -hmm. So those are things to take into consideration. To me, it's important, therefore, to elect conservative Christian candidates who want to uphold the Constitution. Absolutely. And not be beholden to organizations like IACI. And this, by the way, is one of the problems I've heard um, different people discuss. You know, I was um, actually had a conversation with the lieutenant governor um, last year before all this stuff, you know, happened. And she was talking about how she term limited herself because her perspective was that if you're in the House too long or in the Senate too long, you start becoming beholden to these big corporations. And so she actually purposefully term limited herself, did not run for re-election in the House uh, because she didn't see that want to see that happening uh, to herself. She then was out of politics for a number of years and then came back in and ran for lieutenant governor when she saw President Trump doing what he was doing and she wanted to be back involved in conservative Christian politics. So, I mean, this is what does happen, though. You talk to other people out there at the House and they say the same thing. The longer you're in the House, the more you start listening to the lobbyists and they're the ones that are writing legislation and then convincing you it's the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to this poll, though, you know, one thing I did want to touch on is is when you look at this, Brad Little clearly is the leader in this poll. Uh, What we do have to do is we have to have people look at this poll because it is independent. And we have to have people who are in this race make a decision. And I think that that's what's going to have to happen in order for us to have any choice other than Brad Little at this point. Mm -hmm. Explain. Well, uh, right now you have it to where, let's say, a lot of people would identify these people as the more conservative side of the ticket. Uh, That would be Janice McGee and Ammon Bundy, uh, Steve Bradshaw, and Ed Humphrey, right? Right now, they're not, none of them are polling like Brad Little is. So what they should be doing is they should all come to the table and look at, realistically, based on the polls that we're seeing, who has the best chance, and that's who needs to go up against Brad Little. Hmm. Hmm. Definitely conversations that need to be had. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I want to point out is that our governor um, does, in my opinion, does need to be replaced. Because I look at the the lockdown that happened. I mean, this was a 
a um, promulgation from the National Governors Association. You, they didn't have to do that. I was very shocked that our governor did that. We are so uh, different in Idaho. We're a very remote state. And he locked us down and secured the whole state when we had hardly any COVID hospitalizations, hardly any COVID deaths, and he's got the whole state locked down. He was following the instructions that were set forth by the National Governors Association. We, uh, you didn't have to do that. Christy Nome in South Dakota did not do that, and they didn't suffer. They're also kind of a remote state. They didn't have a bunch of problems like, you know, you got people living on top of each other, like in New York. We were a very remote state. We had like over two-thirds of our state, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, no, two-thirds of our state were not affected by COVID, and yet he's got all those counties locked down. That made no sense whatsoever. To me, I'm coming out of a three-decade career as a leadership coach, as an executive management leadership coach, working with people who oversee huge billion-dollar budgets, talking to them about their leadership skills and how they make decisions. And I looked at what he did and thought, that is a horrible leadership decision. And when he when he shut down the state's ability to issue hydroxychloroquine, that I was appalled at that. He actually called together the board, uh, the, the pharmaceutical board for the state, and said, I want nobody receiving hydroxychloroquine. And then the next week he came back and said, I don't want anybody receiving azithromycin. This are, these are two drugs very safe on the, on the World Health Organization's list, list of essential medicines. And Dr. Zelenko in New York had found that if people received hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin and zinc, he had an 85% reduction in the number of his patients who were going to the hospital. And almost everybody who went to the hospital was dying. So why would a governor, this is my question, why would a governor shut down the ability of you and me to receive a drug prescribed by our physician to help us combat COVID-19. To me, that's bordering on practicing medicine without a license. Yeah. But it's also looking at it and saying, I'm going to control what you do, what, what you can and can't get. That is not a libertarian thinking. When I say a libertarian, I'm talking about the libertarian mindset of the founders, a liberty focus for the citizens. That's not that. And then I see, by the way, this is amazing. I'm seeing on, uh, on Facebook uh, people asking questions. Which governor candidate's going to allow ivermectin to be sold over the counter? And I looked at that and go, no, you don't want that. Any governor that has the authority to restrict or enable the sale of a drug is a governor you don't want. This, we don't want governors to have that kind of power. Yeah. Yeah. It almost seems like the uh, the opposite end of the sphere, right? We have a governor who's trying to tell us what medical decisions we can make instead of having that discussion with our doctors. On the other end, people want it to where they say, hey, as a governor, go ahead and just make this available to us. I want the governor and the government out of those decisions completely. I'd like to consult my doctor and make the best decision. And, and it is concerning that a governor is saying, nope, you're not going to use this. I mean, it's it's like, come on, who are you? <laughs> mm -hmm. You're not the person to make this decision. I want to consult a trusted medical provider, not the governor, on what I'm going to put into my body and not put into my body. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That is, um, unfortunately, what we have, though, Yeah, is a governor who is making those kind of decisions. And I think that kind of needs to be stopped.
The problem also is that we have a Speaker of the House who is enabling that. He's not standing up for what needs to happen and how our government is supposed to operate. He's acquiescing, in my opinion, because he's also getting lots of large donations from people in IACI and those kind of organizations. Yeah. You know, it's it's real telling. You can go to actually the Secretary of State's website and you can actually look up campaign contributions. And you'll see that a lot of the people who are voting in the way of trying to put government involved in your healthcare decisions are also the ones receiving the donations from Pfizer, from all these different medical providers. So it's very telling and it's concerning. And that's why I think it's also important that we do have people come out educated on who to vote for May 17th. May 17th is the primary. Mm -hmm. and So we really do have a lot of work to do looking at this poll. I don't think it's insurmountable. I do think some changes need to be made. I do think some people need to sit down at the table. But a lot of this is education, letting people know that the current sitting governor is not representing your best interests as a citizen. He's really looking out for what the National Governors Association is promoting, what IACI is promoting. Most folks don't know that Brad Little was heavily involved in IACI uh, decades ago. I believe he was their chair or their president or something. Mm -hmm. I forget which position he had. But he, his chief of staff, I guess, is their former number one lobbyist. And so what does that tell us about the kind of decisions that are being made in the governor's office? And a lot of folks don't know this. It's certainly not reported on the evening news that we see in the networks. So that's kind of why we're doing this show is, you know, when I say this show, I'm talking about the whole series of Keep the Republic, letting people know this stuff is happening and most folks don't know. And I want to encourage people to become educated, to get involved because if we don't, then we're going to end up looking like eventually California and New York. Yeah, absolutely. They do follow, those governors do follow very carefully the mandates and the recommendations. I shouldn't say mandates, the recommendations of the National Governors Association. And Brad Little is not far behind. No, you know, in Idaho, we're going, look, this is Rocky Mountain 2.0. The next heist, Idaho, is the place that they're going to be focusing on. So you're absolutely correct. And it doesn't make it any easier when we're trying to keep our republic, when we do have big business influence coming into Idaho, such as, like, again, Pfizer, different companies like that influencing Idaho politics. You mentioned Rocky Mountain Heist. Um, that is a movie that maybe some folks are unaware of. The movie Rocky Mountain Heist and the book The Blueprint, which I would recommend people read, is about how the left took over the state of Colorado in just six short years. The things that they did, the techniques that they used to take Colorado from being a red state, conservative state, into being run by Democrats and the techniques that they used. Now, I've got uh, some friends who are on the left. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do, because I'm not living in such a bubble, right? <laughs> I've got friends on the left, and they have contacted me and they have told me that for a long time, Idaho has been quarantined by the National Democratic Party, that the National Democratic Party would not send any money into Idaho to help promote Democrat candidates and left-leaning candidates because it was a waste of money. They weren't going to do it. This year, that's all changed. I'm told that the Democrat National Committee is sending millions of dollars into Idaho to help get uh, left-leaning people in at city council seats and school board seats 
in major metropolitan areas. They're not focusing on the rural areas. They know that's not going to work because the rural folks are more conservative. But in the bigger cities, the larger metropolitan areas of Idaho, they are sinking millions of dollars. And this is why we need to get our feet on the ground and wear out a couple of pair of shoes and go knock on doors and let people know what's really going on. Find yourself a good conservative Christian candidate and go help them get elected. Or run yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? No, you're again, you're absolutely correct. I mean, this information can be seen on the Secretary of State's website. Again, you can see the money that's pouring in and where it's going to and who it's going to and who it's coming from. And it really does give you a full bird's eye view of the problems we're having here in Idaho at the moment. With these local races, we absolutely have to get involved and again, run. A lot of times people have not paid attention in the past to these races, and we've seen where there's been an uptick in people participating because of some of the egregious things happening on the school boards, different things like that. So right now, we've really got to capitalize on that. Find a good conservative Christian, back them, or pray about it, and if God puts it on your heart, you should run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've talked with several people who are thinking about that uh, as the uh, redistricting comes into play. As the uh, the census has shown, where the population has shifted and the uh, the redistricting is occurring, so the the district in which you live may not be the same district number in this next election cycle. We're going to find out as they are still you know kind of trying to solidify those lines. But you might find yourself in a district where there is nobody running for the House or the Senate. And you might find yourself in a district where there's, you know, suddenly three or four people who are current sitting people, sitting legislators who are now fighting. But if you find yourself in a district where there isn't anybody, that might be a great opportunity for you to step up and say, you know what, I'm going to get involved. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are already planning that. Um, now, of course, this is based off of the redistricting and what those maps look like. We don't know what it's actually going to fall into, but people are sitting there and they're getting prepared. Well, Josh, we are out of time, unfortunately. Um, there's a lot more to talk about. Are you okay coming back next week to talk? Yeah, I'd be more than happy to. All right. Let's get you back in next week. We'll continue this conversation. Uh, for now, this is Daniel Bobinski uh, with True Idaho News and Keep the Republic. We are sponsored, by the way, by Conservatives Of. You can visit conservativesof.com. And when you do that, I would encourage you to click on the Donate tab because we want to get people elected to office who are conservative Christians, and that's what Conservatives Of is about. They, do, they find constitutionally conservative Christian candidates, and they help them run for office. And they are a, a super pack, super pack or a pack of uh, conservativesof.com, and then donate so you can help get uh, those folks elected. If you want to hear any of our past shows, by the way, you can visit 941thevoice.com. They got a great website there. And click on the archives for Keep the Republic. I want to thank our guest here, Josh Gibbons. Josh, you're going to be back next week. And uh, thanks for listening in. We wish you guys a great week. Catch you next week. Until next time, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Keep the Republic. If you'd like to support this broadcast and help fund Christian conservative candidates, visit conservativesof.com. Also, please pray for our republic and for godly men and women who will work to keep it.